GM, you guys. This is the Moonlings Inhabitants Battle Plan Talk Space thing. That's what we're calling it. Or maybe we'll come up with a better name than that. Uh, anyway, I want to say hi to my friends, Juicy Jama. Jed, uh, Jed, I've sent you an invite to get you up on the stage. The first thing that I want to mention to everyone here is that share this space get it out there let people know about it so that we can get as many people in here talking about battle plan as we can so get down there hit the share space do all of that uh but for those of you who are involved in the moonlings community i want you to know that one week from today at this time we will be hosting a moonlings town hall now at that town hall we are going to be talking about all kinds of things that have been happening with Moonlings over the past six months, the hopes and dreams of the community, the hopes and dreams of the team who is making things happen, everything that we've accomplished, and we're going to do that right here on X, formerly known as Twitter. It was much easier just to say Twitter, by the way. So. Two weeks from now, right here, Moonlings is going to be hosting the Moonlings Town Hall. You do not want to miss this. The main reason you don't want to miss it is because there's going to be a POAP by our own Juicy Jama. And Juicy Jama doesn't miss, except maybe when he's playing Battle Plan. But JJ, can you tell us a little bit about the POAP? Maybe tease people <laughs> a little bit about that? Yeah, GM, GM, uh, what's up, CB? Uh, love, loving the energy this morning. I think it's morning for you, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so we, we just thought that we would spice it up a, a little bit by creating a, a POAP, sort of collaborating, um, Moonlings and Inhabitants, trying to figure out how, how we could just make a little sort of fun addition to, to the town hall. Yeah, and you know what? We love our community. Uh, we love the Inhabitants community. We love the Moonlings community. I mean, we love the Apes community, too. We see you out there. We know you're listening. We know you're watching. We know you're playing Battle Plan, most importantly. Jed, how are you today? Hey, GM. Doing well. It's a Friday. Friday afternoon. Um, playing a lot of Battle Plan. We were joking earlier. Uh, you know, I was. I felt like I was killing it back when I started on this uh, season with, uh, with the upgrades and everything, but, I mean... I've been getting my ass kicked lately. It's been rough. Even Juicy has been beating me once in a while. <laughs> oh my god! Man, that, that's not surprising, Jed. Come on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, this. I mean, I, I feel like these different waves of testing have almost been like se money seasons for me. Um, but the, this most recent one has been quite a roller coaster. Um, started off playing and felt like I had a good strategy. Was kind of dead even when it came to to what i was paying to enter the games and how many tickets i was sort of earning back um got to a point where i ran out where i had to unfortunately beg for more which i'm sure we all feel some sort of shame when having to do that um and anyways managed to to get a few loadouts that were working for me and got all the way up to about three million tokens so i was like okay i've, I've got the hang of this um, I've got a sort of strategy that that's going to be working and yeah there's nothing really that changed but all of a sudden I just went straight down I just kept losing 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 um, I mean there's obviously a few builds that keep coming up that I keep getting wrecked by um, the, the likes of Tempest and Gear Master being my, my biggest enemies but yeah it's just interesting to see how like the meta changes so quickly and it's not even just a matter of like throughout the weeks and days that we've been testing it but it, it's including like within the game itself through the rounds like you could have and start building something that seems like it's viable for the first five rounds when you've only got like one brawler or potentially two um but the second that second brawler comes in it's almost like the meta shifts and you need to try and ensure well you don't need to, but the one thing that I've, I've started to pick up on is if you can get your second brawler to sort of complement the first one. And what I mean by that is, let's say the, the first one has a benefit of like gaining health when it gains shield. If you can get a second brawler that sort of contributes to that by giving all allies shield, it sort of doubles up his ability in that sense. 
So yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's been interesting. Um, but curious to hear what everyone else has to to say and think. Juicy, wait a minute. So you you're losing. It sounds like you're like masterminding this thing. I think you're going to be super dangerous when um, when we get more people rolling in. And by the way, I I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but I heard a rumor that all the Wolf Game family are coming in. And I just want to throw this out there. Might be a good idea to invite the Moonlings family in too. I know most of us have inhabitants, but we do got some some Moonlings that don't have inhabitants yet. So maybe we should get the Moonlings fam playing uh, playing battle plan too. Juicy, you are going to be dangerous, dude. I, I I'm amazed that Jed beats you. I mean, Jed's you know he's not that smart. He's just a lawyer. Yeah, I'm I'm ranked way below Juicy, so I'm just talking shit. But yeah, I I agree. We should uh, definitely, we have VGF here. Maybe we should get him on stage and uh, put him on the spot, see if we can get Moonlings in for battle tests. And... Ooh, I love that. And Jed, you know I love you, man. Um, and that, that whole, like, you being ranked low, I don't buy it for a second. Um, VGF, I have sent you an invite. Also sent an invite to everyone else out in the audience. Like, you guys come up, talk about your battle plan experience. But... You know, we can also talk about PV news a little bit because there is some PV news that um, are you guys taking part in the mismatch bug bounty, by the way? Is anybody doing that? Oh, man, that's actually on my to do list. I don't even know if when the entry closed, I'm too late for that, but I've been meaning to. Do you know offhand, CD, if it's still open? Uh, my thought was that I saw that Potamus had extended it or, you know, PB team had extended it, which, you know, when, when I think PB team, I just think Potamus really, um, <laughs> <laughs> no offense CBTF, but Potamus always comes to mind. I mean, he's like the one who's making the announcements. Um, let's see. So that last announcement came out, uh, saying that it had been extended. That was on the 15th, uh, yeah, so they're still taking submissions, as far as I know. And you don't need to include the prep screen or the reward screen. You can utilize Sanleo's uh, clip tool, by the way. We love Sanleo. And the stuff that he has built has been awesome. Like, it's been amazing to, like, check it all out, to use it, to, like, you know, just see how easy Web3 can be when you've got a dev that actually is putting stuff together to make it easy. Yeah, man, just Leo is an absolute gem to the Fixable community. Um, he's obviously worked on the battle plan tools, which has so many great features with the rankings, leaderboards, just seeing sort of the activity and the sessions on, on the, the platform. Um, and then more recently, I think a couple of days ago, he released a reboot, reboot.gg.tools, oh, I think it is. Um, which gives you a bit of a like overview of your allocation of GG that you should have coming up. And it, it's also quite intelligent in the sense that if you have min pass twos or dots, it kind of shows you what the most viable way to assign those dots would be to benefit the um, sort of vesting mechanics. So yeah, big shout out to, to Leo. Also want to give a big shout out to uh, my brother, Von Mock, who is going to be joining us uh, hopefully a little bit later. Now, he has been busy. Gandhi, uh, I think it's Gandhi. It's, that sounds weird to say it out loud. Maybe it's Gandhi. Um, but they, they actually launched publicly this week. So he's been super busy. He let me know that he's going to be a little bit late getting into the space this morning, but he is going to make it. Um, also, I do want to get perpetual CGI up here. This guy, man. If you guys don't know it, um, Perp is the, like, he's the mastermind behind everything. I'm convinced he's Illuminati, actually. Uh, that's a triangle there, but it's an upside-down triangle representing the pyramid. The Illuminati, perpetual CGI. If we can get him up here, you guys are going to get some inside information from a mastermind about how to build your loadouts, all of that stuff. But he might not be able to make it up, too. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Pope's the kind of guy that you can just go to with like the most random question of any kind, and you can guarantee that he's going to have an answer for it. Or if not, he'll put you in connection with the, the person that can help you. And shout out to Pope. But yeah, um, Jed, I guess I wanted to also ask what what are your favorite builds been? I'll guess you'll, I'll give a, a bit of a rundown of mine. Obviously, like I said, that the Tempest build 
is sort of one of the most common that I'd, I like to start with. Um, obviously, the sort of stun meta is pretty prevalent. Having like your um, brawler be so fast and constantly stun the opponent means that regardless of whatever skills or loadout they have, they can't really use it. So obviously, that's quite powerful. Um, at, at the moment, there's nothing that actually like counters or reduces stun as far as I know. So even if you have like your brawl on top speed, it doesn't matter if the sort of mechanical speed of the opponent's skill is faster. I guess you kind of just get stuck in that animation. So it'll be interesting to see if they come out with some sort of changes to, to how that works. Um, yeah, I think and, when you get stuck at, on defense where you keep getting stun, 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 there's got to be a fix for that because you got to be able to at least deploy something against it. But yeah, I mean, the Ravager meta, I mean, that's uh, can be pretty effective. I've been, so I recently, this is the thing for me is I'll get a new character, I'll get a new skill, loadout. So I want to keep trying that. And maybe that's part of why I'm losing is I just keep experimenting with different things as I get them. Um, but yeah, I've been using the, the shield with maximum um, uh, health boost. So you know how the, uh, the little green plus, I forget what it's called, uh, medic thing where you use your shield and then you automatically boost your your life um max that yeah, out that works well yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say that um it's a part of the juggernaut loadout i'm actually forgetting the name myself yeah yeah, yeah but is that the tornado but, kick is that what that is <laughs> no no that's not <laughs> that's, a tornado kick's part of uh, the, the tempest build oh you're but right, anyway but right. oh but yeah, I mean, I find it works well at the beginning, but then you get to a certain point where people are blasting hard enough and it, you know, it falls apart. So it's like getting beyond that five or six wins is can be a challenge. Like you said, getting into the second brawler and keeping your uh, your success rolling is is really the the key. Yeah, man, that's that that's exactly it. Like you think to yourself, okay, I'm gonna use Juggernaut. Um, I mean, one of the other popular builds I had was Juggernaut with that. I don't know if it's healing surge or I don't think of upscale. I can't no, I can't not upscale. But anyways, having that um it basically gives you extra health whenever you gain shield. The the base skill is a like sort of shield bump, and when you bump the opponent brawler with your shield, you gain shield. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, I might also be mixing up shield and armor here. But um Anyways, and then for your third and final skill, you get, I think it's called Barrier, which just every couple of seconds, he does like a burst, which gives him extra shield. So those two first skills basically just constantly give you extra health as you keep going. So it can be um, a pretty good tank. And then the other sort of popular one that I've found is Ravager. Um, again, having that sort of stun meta with the... Um, I think it's called Sledge, and then you also could get the the shock little explosive balls. Um, yeah. Hey, um, so I, I got to ask this, you guys. Like, so when you're, um, are are you guys focusing on speed or like strength? What what are you choosing when you when you're actually like upgrading? I mean, every time I see speed, I take it until I get up to that 150 mark. But, I mean, it all depends on the rolls, right? Sometimes it's like you can't, you get up to 120, you can't get higher because, you know, the rolls aren't going your way. But I, I see speed as a huge advantage. Yeah. I, I mean, the, that's, that's the thing, right? There's, there's so many different ways to play it. Like, you could focus on just trying to keep rolling for the right skills and get those skills up to one or two star or go for the skill upgrade. So what I've found to be a pretty effective strategy is kind of just as soon as you draft your brawler, you roll the, the skills once, find like what of your options that you have there, just kind of choose the best ones. And then generally I'll either choose just one or two, and then that either gives me one or two upgrades that I can do onto the brawler, um, prioritizing pretty much shield, sorry, speed and health. And then if if it's not an option of speed or health, I'd probably go for power and then shield or armor. Apologies. Yeah, and it depends on what your skills are too, because 
obviously you have different benefits based upon your skills. So, yeah, there's for example in in Ravager it has shield rush, and that's like a um, shield damage sort of thing and bumps the opponent back, but the the damage kind of scales up depending on how much armor the the little blue shield icon that you have. Um, so if you have a Ravager and want to go for that sort of shield rush, probably spending some of those upgrades on shield could be a, a good idea. But yeah, I mean, just because of the, the skill cooldown sort of effect, I think trying to get your, your speed to, to 150 is obviously the best way. Um, obviously, the, the other way is by using... Damn, it's forgotten the name of hyperspeed. That's the other skill that you can get, which like by itself gives you extra 10 speed. Um, and sorry, you and all your allies extra 10 speed. Get it to level two. It's I think twenty five speed, and then the final level is two hundred speed. But yeah, the, the the skill cooldown is maxed at fifty percent. It's so yeah, frustrating other... when it just doesn't come up, and you're like, ah, I don't need that. Why do I, do I have to take that? Yeah, it's so frustrating when you're going for two stars, and then you get within. Like, you just need that last one and you keep rolling and rolling and you're like i know i'm just shooting myself in the foot but i just can't help it i just want to get it sometimes it it actually blows my mind how many times you roll like when when you have you choose a certain loadout you're like okay i'm gonna go with this loadout i want these certain skills and those rolls just don't come like you keep going keep going keep going um but yeah, I mean, that that's similar with uh, sort of upgrades. Jed, something that you and I were actually speaking about a bit earlier was the sort of dopamine rushes that you get even just by rolling the power-ups. When you see that speed, you feel like, oh, yes, I finally got something that I want or I need, um, which obviously adds to the sort of um, addiction of the game and, yeah, obviously the fun. Yeah, anyone else want to get up here and tell us your experience on Battle Plan? Be happy to to have you on stage. We should get Roll Dog up here. He just got a uh, new job, so uh, actually, uh, I'm I'm happy for him. But at the same time, he was going to be taking an interview that was going to bring him over to Hawaii to my neck of the woods. And uh, now we don't get to hang out because he's he's not going to be coming over. But congrats on the new job, man. Um, okay, while we wait for someone else to come up, I want to ask you guys what is your least favorite skill? Like for me, I just and it, it's not because it doesn't work, but the haymaker is to me, I just, I hate it because, because a haymaker, like, you know, learning hand-to-hand combat, like when somebody's throwing a, we used to call it a farmer punch, you know, when someone's throwing a haymaker, it's like, that's the easiest place to like defeat them. Um, so that's my reasoning, but it actually, it does work, but I try not to get it. I like that one, but it's a little slow. So you have to kind of calculate that out. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to, well, I enjoyed it early on, like a couple of sort of versions ago. Um, but in in the current build, I actually haven't been using it. The only time I find it sort of effective is when you're going for that sort of all-out damage build. Because, I mean, that that's obviously like another option. Again, it, it might be viable at certain levels and, and not at other. But you could go with... Um, I don't know, like a crack shot and lone or carrot, for example, put them at the back just with as much sort of firepower as you can with her explosive shots and carrot's golden sacrifice. So you can try and do it like, although, sorry, actually with the haymaker, you have to be, I think, within two grids of them. And, you know, sometimes the range characters, when you choose them, they keep having to just retreat which ends up killing them because they just run straight into the ring of death. See, you guys are making me feel good about not liking the haymaker now um, for exactly the, those reasons. Which which ones do you avoid when, when you see them come up? Um, to be honest, there's the sort of passive skills in general, other than um, hyperspeed and I think one other, in general, I don't like the, the the passive skills. Like the one when you equip it and it just gives you an extra twenty five armor. I think it is. Um, I don't find. I think it's is that shield battery. It might be shield battery. Um, it, it just seems like a waste of a skill slot. Like you just equip it once. It gives you an extra twenty five armor, and I just don't find armor obviously that 
important, at least when it compares to speed and everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I would say pretty much all of the, the passive ones, because I like the idea of obviously getting the brawler to 150 speed, having that 50% um, skill cooldown, and then you can kind of just spam those attacks as quickly as possible. Whereas the passive one, obviously there's the speed or the, the time cooldown doesn't affect that. Yeah, I'm with you on the shield battery because when it was at you got 50 boost instead of the 25 that was in the previous version, I I was going with that a lot. But when it's half the benefit, it's just it feels like it's not worth it. So what about force field, you guys? You you don't you don't take force field when it comes up? Oh yeah, I like that where it gives you and all of your brawlers within a certain range um, shield. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I like about it. Is it it is passive, but at the same time, it feels less than uh, it feels it feels more beneficial to take it when I do see it. I'm struggling to remember. Is that not the one that gives the one brawler an extra hundred or two hundred health that that you're referring to? Not, I don't think that Jed was was commenting on on that one, um, but yeah, um, I've I've got wrecked by that a few times just because, like, if you have a, a relatively tanky brawler, you add an extra two hundred health, regardless of sort of how long your brawler can last. When it comes to something that has six hundred plus health and um, a healing skill, they just sort of out tank you no matter what. Um, so I've lost to it a few times, but I personally actually haven't really re tried it. Interesting. Um, I just know that whatever track I'm generally taking on Battle Plan is the losing track. That's that's sort of how it goes for me. So if you guys, if you see me come up, um, <laughs> you don't have to cry, Jed. It's okay. If you see me come up, you probably got an easy win. So, you know, look for me. Yeah, man, it, it's like... Oh, I, uh, so many different range of emotions when you when you're playing and you you feel like you you've got it and then all of a sudden you you feel like you're just completely useless at it. Um, but yeah, in terms of the names, that's that's another cool aspect to the game is the sort of the feeling you you get you know when you get matched up against someone that you know. For example, if Jed and I see one another, it's just I don't know. It's a, it's a unique feeling, right? That. Um, I don't think there's any other sort of Web3 game out there that, that can do that at the moment. No, so many of the other Web3 games feel, you know, like really passive. Like you don't really, you just, you know, basically set something and then, and then it's automatically taken care of. Um, I'm thinking of like 10KTF and like, God, 10KTF. And, are you guys still in that ecosystem at all? Yeah, like you're referring to more of the sort of gamified staking things which yeah seems to be obviously the the easiest and simplest way to release a, a quotation mark game um in terms of 10 ktf i actually slept on that all the way through which i guess i don't regret so much anymore um constantly wanted to just get some of the sort of craftables and um like complete items then there was a coochie there, there was so many different things that at that point i started to like take a step back and be like oh is this getting the sort of complication FUD that PV was getting at the time. And yeah, I never actually got into it. Well, I mean, I got to say, I, I wish that I hadn't, honestly, at this point. I don't like to uh, shit on my own bags, but um, I paid, <laughs> oh my God, I paid an ETH for that Gucci mutant. And uh, oh my God, that's one of the worst decisions I ever made. Like, what did I get out of that? I don't think I ever got anything. I should have sold it when it was, uh, at that price, but I don't think it'll ever come back. Um, but please, Yuga Labs, 10KTF, Wagmi-san, prove me wrong. I want to be wrong on that. So I would love to be uh, holding <laughs> that piece of uh, shit for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, when 10KTF like, was just getting started and they had all those animations and stuff, uh, I had uh, like a lot of high hopes. Um, there was that one trailer that had like the sort of kaiju uh, coming through the, the town and Wagner-san obviously escaping in his little Ferrari or whatever it was. Um, so that that all looked really good. I saw a comment, I think, a while ago in the Pixel Vault server, actually, that the storytelling had 
come to an end or, or something. I don't know if that, that's accurate, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Hugo decides to do with it if it's no longer storytelling. Yeah, they're they're like they sort of stopped the storytelling. I mean, it, it's still like, oh hey, we all gotta band together and go on these missions and you know soft stake your thing and do this other thing that doesn't really do anything and collect some stuff to put on your stuff. Um, I've got a couple. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this right at Two Ton. Uh, Two Ton was really bullish on the G tags for a while, and he was like, he was like, oh G tags, G tags, G tags, and. Uh, so I finally was like, I was like, okay, man, I'll get a couple of G tags. So I got a couple of G tags. And then uh, when I told him, I was like, hey, so what do I do with the G tags now? At that point, he was like, oh, I already sold out. I left that ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember the hop on G tags. So there's there a few sort of podcasts and things promoting them. Um, because at, at the time, it was like they're undervalued because no one really knows that they're going to become some sort of PFP, I think it was, the, the speculation that I heard. Um, and it, it's, so it's another Yugo PFP. So people just don't like sort of realize the potential here. Um, but yeah, how, do, how, how are your G tags doing? Uh, I think they're like 0.24, something like 0.25. That's what the floor is on them. Uh, you're supposed to go on these missions and do these bounties and attach popcorn to them. There's, there's all this weird shit that just like, doesn't feel, it's not like playing battle plan, you know, it's not like getting in there and actually like brawling and watching something happen. It's just like, man, what the fuck do I, I don't know what a G tag is and why am I putting popcorn on it? That's, that's kind of how it comes down. Um, as uh, opposed to like a haymaker. <laughs> that's a really good question, CD. <laughs> why am I putting popcorn on my G tag? Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interesting to see when the, the next update for battle plan is. Um, Obviously, the sort of most recent one that we had was introducing this battle pass mechanic. And instead of obviously having all the, the brawlers and skills, like kind of getting an RNG loadout of what you're going to begin with and then having a different track on what you can unlock and at, at what level. Um, I've unfortunately reached the top of that at the moment. So there's a few skills one in particular from the Gear Master loadout that I've never got, which means I can never use Gear Master, at least until we, we update. So, yeah, keen to see if there'll any, be anything this weekend or next week. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I was hoping BGF would come up and, like, spill some spill some alpha, spill some, uh, some upcoming stuff for us to, like, look into. Because, uh, you know, we're all... We're all big fans here and we'd love to get a little more excited than we already are we also have ninja kitty in the audience who might be feeling generous and wanting to share <laughs> maybe not okay, to shift gears invites out oh can you hear me yep yeah oh, okay uh yeah just to shift gears a little bit we were talking earlier too about um the tokenomics and i'd like to get people's perspective on that in terms of you know the simplification, first of all, you know, you talked about the uh, previous PV FUD and too complicated. You know, I think the the um, um, combining of all of these different um, parts of the ecosystem into GG is is brilliant, and uh, also the tokenomics, where you know, as we go um, further and further down the um, in the progression for the uh, battle pass and getting unlocking rewards. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, people who want to get to the top of the leaderboard really have to lock up a lot of GG in order to upgrade skills and to, um, you know, infuse those skills uh, in order to, to combine and upgrade. So, yeah, I don't know. Does anyone have any thoughts on that in, in terms of, you know, how that's going to affect the ecosystem? Hey, so, so I actually have a question. If, if you guys, if you guys know the answer, um, so is the, the punks ecosystem from pixel vault is that going to be completely separate from everything inhabitants and battle plan or is there is there going to be some crossover between that i i'm not really clear on that and i'm, I'm curious about that moving forward so i would say that they're going to stay separate um punks might be integrated into the the reboot ecosystem but i don't think that means that they'll be involved with inhabitants and i mean obviously there's a sort of very close relation there um but yeah i, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see maybe it's already done in, in one of the sort of future comics that we just don't know about yet 
Um, it seems like from Twitter that Chris has been working hard behind the scenes on all of the sort of next four, five, and six. Oh, sorry, I think we actually got four already, if I'm not mistaken. We, can't, we haven't had, had it minted, but it is available on the site to, to be read. Um, so, yeah. And then, Jed, in terms of your comments with, with the tokenomics, I think it'll be really interesting because it, there's sort of so many options that people can take. I mean, number one, if people aren't happy, they, they can either just sell the asset on our typical sort of markets or um, according to G-Funk, there's, there's going to be that FU button that we can just click and sort of get 25% of the allocation immediately. Um, so yeah, that that's sort of one small little part. What you're referring to there with the sort of skills and infusing GG, I feel like it's going to take time for people to fully understand and appreciate that. Um, We've had some great threads by the likes of like ZK explaining how how that all sort of works. If I knew how to do it, I'd try and pin it to this space. But um, CD, if, if, if you know how, probably worth a shot. Uh, but yeah, like I say, the, it's just so in-depth and so well thought out from, from what we've seen so far. Um, like we were also discussing earlier, regardless of how the tokenomics look, like kind of work, if you just have a look at the game and the current depth that we have at the moment, I think Pixelvault have like sort of blown my expectations out the water. Yeah, I remember when Battle Plan, they first, we first started play testing and John was playing a little bit like, ah, it's not really my kind of game. I play these other kind of games. I don't know if I'm really into it. And here he is, you know, level three you know top level brawler so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely i definitely wouldn't say top brawler but yeah going from like it's, it's not my kind of game to having to to beg in the support channel for some tokens please sir may i have some more um that, that's the, the most painful part about it but yeah well, you got, all, the, all you got the right accent the right accent for it, <laughs> please. it wouldn't sound right if i was saying it um, I'm living in the country. You you get to practice practice it a bit. <laughs> hey, so um, juicy. I want to tell you the way that you pin things in the space is you just you just go to the tweet and you click on the three dots and it'll say pin. Or you actually, you click on the um, the share button and it'll say pin to the space. So you know that that share icon. You just click on that and it'll it'll actually have the space at the top. It'll say moonlings. Time inhabitants battle plan talk, and you just pin it there. And that's that's how you do it. It's a good I, skill I to I've, have. I think I've figured it out. Appreciate that that walkthrough, CD. Yeah, you um, it wasn't, it wasn't my best teaching moment, but I'm glad it worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's GK's thread, just kind of explaining the the, the skills and infusion. Um, but yeah, it's still a lot, I think, to sort of figure out and. Yeah, the interesting thing is uh, I've even noticed now with the uh, like playtesting, um, infusing the different skills obviously requires different amounts. And as far as I understand, those those amounts are based on the demand. So obviously the sort of more powerful and popular skills, having that higher sort of GG lockup allocation and just how, how that all works. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy thought. Right. So basically the more popular skills... Uh, will require more GG to infuse and upgrade based upon this dynamic um, system that people like Goose, who are way smarter than us, <laughs> figured out. But yeah, it, it's it's really brilliant, honestly. How expensive is this going to be? I mean, should I be uh, should I be worried about my GG bank account here? I, I don't know about you, but there was a few of us in the Pixelvault server, but earlier today, saying that we're in serious trouble because if it's for argument's sake twenty dollars around, we're gonna end up bankrupting ourselves just to play Battle Plan. <laughs> wow, that is like I remember throwing twenty bucks into uh, the asteroids machine when I was a kid <laughs> in quarters. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Gen X, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know we get forgotten about, but we're like we're kind of in between. Like we're better than millennials and better than boomers, and right in the middle. Oh, that's probably not a popular sentiment. 
I mean, I'm not that much younger, so I shouldn't talk. I just like I just like being called a boomer so much. So, um, okay, so I I did want to talk to you guys a little bit about what uh, about a few of the other projects that are happening here. Like we've seen a lot of activity in the space lately. Um, we've seen a lot of projects going from zero climbing back to hero. Are there any particular projects that you've been looking at that you feel like? should be paying more attention to or anything that you were paying attention to that you think, ah, maybe I shouldn't follow that so much. <laughs> Thank you, TF. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the market's definitely starting to sort of heat up at the moment. Um, I personally haven't been engaging or, or, or doing anything. I've kind of just been watching from the sidelines and seeing what people are speaking about. Um, the in, in terms of gaming, I would say... Shrapnel seems like it's quite interesting. Um, First-person shooter. They've seemed to be incorporating the kind of Fortnite concept of get the community to create a map, and whoever's map is most successful can sort of own via um, just having people play on it. Um, don't quote me on that. So it's probably better to just get the information from the website. But they've got some cool stuff coming out. Um, they've got some sort of like packs that you can buy from their site that has like a bunch of skins and sort of um, scheduled releases over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, I'd say Shrapnel is, is one of the games. And then the other sort of popular talk that I've seen is the, I think it's Parallel Alpha. And if I'm not mistaken, they've got their, their token called Prime. And yeah, that's obviously been, been on quite a, a good run. So it's gotten some attention. Uh, even the Parallel Avatars NFT, I think, did just about 2x re recently. Um, to be honest, I'm not too clued up on Parallel Alpha. I think there was news that they're getting launched on Epic Game Store, which is obviously where some of the bullish sentiment came from. Um, but yeah. yeah hey, hey, I'm, I'm actually up on Parallel a little bit. Like, Parallel is like, oh my God, dude. You know, like, what they're going to do is they're, they're launching this thing called parallel colony and they're actually putting NPCs that have AI that don't, they don't know their NPCs and they're actually playing the game. So the way I understand it is in parallel colony, your parallel avatar will become an NPC that has AI and basically plays itself in the game without knowing that it's an NPC. It's, it's like completely, out of this world, like mind blowing sort of stuff that they're going to be doing with their avatars. It's I'm so excited to see it, dude. That that's absolutely insane. I you actually made me remember um, another space that I was listening to a while ago with with they were speaking about it, and they were joking and saying that like they're going to go in, have a look at their avatar, having a drink at the bar, and be like, "Come on, what are you doing? Get get out of there." get back to work, start mining the, the prime token or whatever it is that they do in the game. Um, and then even like sort of convincing them and saying that, don't worry if you, if you do this for me and somehow extract more prime token, I'll write you a smart contract that will allow you to be free and all of this sort of thing. So yeah, that, that's a, a really like crazy advancement. I mean, the parallel card game itself is pretty amazing. Um, I, it only runs on um, on PCs. Can't run it on a Mac unless you have a, a, a virtual machine or, you know, there's a few ways to do it, but it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. And I always hate doing that, that stuff. But the card game itself, from what I've seen and watched, is it's really cool. It functions well. It's not so passive. And there's a lot of strategy to it. So I've I think in terms of like looking at games that require as much thinking and as much like participation, like battle plan does parallel alpha um, trading card game is, is probably right there at the top of my list. Um, so glad you brought it up. Yeah, no worries. Um, trying to think what else, but, but there's obviously a lot of tokens, but when it comes to NFT projects, I'd say those are pretty much the, the two. I know there's a, a lot of stuff with like microverse and, and things like that, but I'm not too familiar with any of it. I mean, I think everybody knows I'm a, I'm a, um, on-chain monkey fan. And, uh, I always like to shout out Richard. Thank you so much for bringing that to the founders Dow discord back in the day. 
But um, on-chain monkeys are doing pretty exciting things. They're moving the OCM Genesis from Ethereum to Bitcoin this month. And every Genesis that moves is actually going to be getting four ordinals from it, I think is the way it's worked out. There's something, There's they've done a deconstructed fine art version of the OCM that's going to be an ordinal too. And, the, and the, they're going to be on the block nine sats, which is absolutely insane. Like there's going to be pretty much block nine, which is the first first sats that were actually used, transacted by Satoshi. These are all going to be occupied, most of them by on-chain monkeys. So pretty desirable real estate in the Bitcoin ordinals space. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I haven't dived into the ordinal space as much as I kind of want to. Um, there's another artist that I hold some work from called DJ and Alfie, and he's releasing something soon on, on Ordinal. So yeah, I'm keen to see how that all kind of works and, and rolls out. And yeah. So the on-chain stuff has been sort of hot lately too. Like, um, another one is Josie Bellini's, um, project, uh, what, what the heck, uh, cyber brokers that actually got a lot of attention recently too. I mean, a lot of on-chain projects since... When Elon Musk came out and said, you know, if it's not on chain, is it actually, you know, worth having that, that put a lot of attention in the on chain space, but Josie Bellini's project, cyber brokers are insane, man. There's like 10,000 traits and, um, every one of them, when you start looking at them and seeing what they can do, there's just craziness to it. I'm getting a little, little off track here. Yeah. Uh, no, this, sorry. The last thing a- I just wanted to mention is, um, Pixel kind of also sticking to that theme but never really getting recognized for it with um sort of all, all of the uh men, i was almost said metahero inhabitants minting all of that sort of randomization happening on chain and obviously as someone that has tried to, or worked with the whole minting process and seeing how the layers come together doing that on chain is inc- incredible so you know hopefully we we get our time in the spotlight one day for that we're all waiting for it we know that it's coming like it was uh, a painful process at times watching other projects get the spotlight when we all know that pixel vault and chris wall's amazing work and you know the dev work that went on behind the scenes all that stuff the innovation i mean who invented the mint pass pixel vault (laughs) like there's so much that has happened with pixel vault and continues to happen with Pixel Vault that is just groundbreaking and laying the way for everything else that's going to be coming down the road. That it's, um, yeah, we're due, right? For sure, man. Okay, so just reset the room a little bit. We've got a few more minutes here. This is the Moonlinks and Inhabitants Battle Plan Talk. We're going to be doing this on a regular basis. The next one is going to be uh, in early parts of December. We haven't set an exact time or date yet, but. Next week, Friday, this time, join us for the Moonlings Town Hall, where we're going to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. We're going to share everything Moonlings. We're going to talk about uh, some of the exciting projects that we have in the works, some of the stuff that we've accomplished already. And also, just by virtue of coming, you're going to be able to claim a Juicy Jama original. That's right. We're going to have a po-op by Juicy Jama for you to claim just for coming and participating. But the most important thing is if you are a Moonlinks holder, we want you to come and we want you to participate. We want you to tell us where you see the project going, what you'd like to see Moonlinks do, because that is the origin of the Moonlinks. That's where it came from. It, It came from, we're going to create this thing. We're going to make it. We're going to follow this roadmap. And then the community is going to determine where it goes. Right, Juicy? You were there at the beginning yeah and couldn't have said it better myself so yeah that it hopefully we get some community some ideas on what they want us to do and what what we can start trying to sort of focus on um obviously we'll, we'll share some information on what we've been doing in the background as it is and yeah just how we can take moonlings to the next level while we wait for pixel to add us to the play testers <laughs> That's right. Well, we wait for Pixel Vault to add us to the playtesters. And honestly, I just want to say, like, look at the logo of this Moonlings account and just imagine how good that logo would look on a ball cap. Right. It looks so good. I mean, actually, imagine a uniform and just having it as a lapel pin. Like, 
heck, beam me up, Moonly. Um, yeah, I, I definitely lean towards the uh, pin CD. If, if you can't, if you can see my profile picture, my hair is pretty much immaculate, and unfortunately, the, there's no caps that are going to be going on that hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've I've seen you in real life, and it's an accurate description. I have no hair. So for me, a cap is, is always the way to go. Um, plus, I live in a warm climate, so hoodies not always necessary. But that's something else that maybe we should consider is the lapel pin. You know, something something for people just to, like, wear their moonlings pride where they can see it. Yeah, man. Who, who knows? Tons of made out of, made out of solid gold with diamonds and rubies on it. And we'll partner with, uh, you know, Bugatti or, you know, uh, Tiffany Chanel. or something like that. The yeah. Tiffany, there you go. <laughs> Tiffany, the Tiffany Moonlings Diamond. I, it, it has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But yeah, that, that's hopefully the, the idea of, of next week. Let's get some of the community to see what other crazy ideas there are and what's viable and what, what we can work on to help elevate Moonlings. Yeah, and that's that's what we're here for. We're here to elevate moonlings, to elevate inhabitants, to shout out our, our friends at Pixel Vault and the hard work that they're doing. But also, do, do you guys know anything about what's going on with Wolfgang game right now? Like, what is there any sort of updates that have come out from that? I'll have to refer to Jed because Wolfgang is another one of those projects that I just constantly slept on. Even after being acquired, I've still been like, damn, I need to get a sheep or a wolf or something. And I've just never really given given it time. Um, so, Jed, I don't know if you know. Yeah, no, it's same same here. I always had slept on it. I kind of followed it, but I never got in. I, so, yeah, I don't know. Perp, do you know anything? Concrete Barber, Roll Dog? I would assume that any sort of major announcements and news would be coming via the sort of Pixel channels. Um, or, sorry, no, they actually still have their own Discord. So... I, I'm, I don't think I'm actually part of that, so I haven't seen anything. Okay, so that's where we sit. So let's let's have a moment here and think about the Pixel Vault founders DAO for a second. So there is a lot in the vault of the Pixel Vault founders DAO. How is that going to play out with Battle Plan and with GG? Do we have any idea about that? I don't think anyone would be able to tell you definitely. Um, i trying to look for a message that was posted in the chat a while ago. After Leo released his tool, that kind of the Reboot GG calculator, um, I think ZK checked what the, the founders DAO would get and was something ridiculous like, oh, here it is. So Liquid um, would have five and a half million Month one goes up to seven million, and then all the way down to month twenty-four, we'd have forty million GG. So, Planet Style is definitely going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, what what happens to that? How it gets used? Who knows? Uh, well, I can just say that uh, Joe and Benny have been hard behind the scenes, um, and I don't want to, you know, get out ahead of them, but. Uh, there will be some talk coming up on the next moves for the uh, DAO as a whole and recommendations uh, on that front. They've done a lot of work talking with legal and other um, stakeholders, and, and PV has been really helpful in uh, in guiding that conversation also. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, in this time period, you know, being lean and kind of waiting to see how um, – Reboot launches. I think it's smart. Um, hold on to to those assets and, and kind of conserve now. But once um, battle plan launches, all that GG starts getting unlocked. There's going to be a big question about, you know, do we just act as validators and kind of try to build uh, that way in a more passive role, or um, use that GG to partner with. Um, for example, someone who's building a game, game studio, in order to, um, you know, because if you build a game, you still need the GG in order to run your, your game in your game ecosystem. So I, I think there are a lot of opportunities to partner, um, even if 
you know, the DAO isn't actually building the games itself, uh, because obviously that would take a huge investment. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea on what the cost would be for that sort of thing. But another option could be that the the DAO becomes some sort of um, bootstrapping platform. You know, like if there, there were people in the community that that we have that could fulfill all aspects, um, we could use some of those funds again. I, I'm speaking without knowing what this sort of thing would cost but we could help whatever projects sort of onboard onto reboot um and yeah potentially even create some sort of revenue model out of that but yeah yeah i mean how do you leverage the legal wrapper that i mean we have the the cayman islands legal wrapper but that costs money every year for the the director and you know these these basic legal expenses uh so I mean, the question is, how can you generate enough revenue to, um, you know, make it worth it to for those annual expenses? And then, um, yeah, I mean, because ultimately you don't want to be just making profit just to pay the lawyers and, the, you know, the, the, the taking care of the legal wrapper. There's got to be a model to actually benefit the community as a whole, right? Sounds like we need some nice picks of old black hoodies. <laughs> Nice. No more hoodies. No more hoodies. <laughs> Come on. I've got so many hoodies. One can never have too many hoodies, ED. Not in London, you can't. That's for sure. I I, I hear you. Hey, so, so. so Pot, Potamus brought something up the other day, or maybe I brought it up to Potamus, but um, it was it was that the, I hadn't realized, like, for some reason I had thought that Punk's tokens were going to be burned when they were redeemed for GG, but that's not the case. They're still going to represent fractional ownership of the punks in the vault. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, now I'm sort of faced with like one of those classic PV, like impossible questions of, do I want to continue to own those, which will actually, I think, go up in value the more people that actually sell and, or do I want to, um, you know, get the GG? That's a hard question. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, that's the, the main reason that, that I'm into that comic back in May 21 or whatever it was. Um, I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll never be able to afford a crypto punk, but this way I'll, I'll be able to have some sort of fractional ownership, not thinking anything about the legalities of that at the time and obviously all the issues that we kind of experienced with it. But yeah, I've obviously had my comic staked since day one so got i think around 20k punks from that um i guess i will probably just stick to holding it for, for now see how the sort of market reacts to it if it becomes worth selling i might consider it but um i've got a bit of a collector's problem and diamond handed problem that i just hold everything all the way to zero or yeah i don't know i've got a round tripping problem Man, I love punks. <laughs> Hi everyone, by the way. I love punks. I'm I'm not planning to give them away for anything, including GG. I'm planning to keep them. But I also am aware that the fractional art is not the best place to actually generate tokens because uh, I'm pretty sure many of you experienced a similar scenario back in early 2022 or late 2021. Some of the vaults were sold and you are basically forced to sell whatever you have in that case. So it's, it's a little risky condition. Like it's not a self-custody kind of token. Like if the vault is sold, you don't have anything to do. You can just withdraw your ETH and get done with it basically. But I'm, I'm still planning to hold my punks for as long as I can. Yeah, That's no, interesting. I... So you guys aren't gonna convert your punks to GG then right away. Isn't there an incentive though to, to convert it right away? I'm not I mean... planning to, as I said, like I, I'm not planning to touch Punks tokens, like for as long as I can, because I truly believe the the future of punks, crypto punks, is like huge, and even the fractional ownership is gonna be huge. And I'm not talking about like one year, two year, five years here. I'm talking about ten, twenty years probably. And I didn't pay like a lot of money to own them. I mean, it was zero point two ETH in two thousand twenty one, and I just had to stake so a little bit of gas on top. I'm just gonna let them ride infinity or the till the vault is sold and i'm forced to withdraw it from that yeah i i, I agree I probably i mean 
I, I don't really have, uh, I've been stacking as much Pixel Vault stuff as I can to try and get as much GG from other avenues that I'm hoping I'll, I'll sort of just have enough that I won't need to to sell the, the punks. Um, but yeah, it's an in interesting point that you raised there, Perp, with the, the fractional stuff, because I think, is it fractional.art or whatever? They even started to shut down. I think that's the one that you, you might be referring to. But recently we've had the, the I think it's flooring protocol. Actually, I haven't even looked at the platform myself, but they've done essentially the same thing. You can take any like of the popular collections. I, th I think instead of being the, those super high value ones like we had with the Punk's Vault, um, this is like Bored Apes, uh, Mutants, Miladies. I, I don't even know what the collections are, but sort of the most popular ones. And you can lock it up, fractionalize it into these tokens, and people can get in and out of those collections without actually owning the NFT. Um, so people are still trying that sort of thing. Whether it works out and it's even legal, I have no idea. No, I don't think something like I don't worry about the dev side of the things like it's on their own contract even if fractional art shut down, shuts down today we somebody else is going to build a website and a ui probably like leo or something and we're still going to have access to them what worries me is the 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 sale of the vault itself like for example i, I had experienced this with three fractional ownership tokens in the past uh, the one that hurt the most was the I think it was the Dingaling's sweep, the, the great sweep or something like that. It was the 16 board Ape Yacht Club monkeys. And at around the, the Ape token release, they sold the vault. I didn't even notice. I didn't, I didn't know that was a vault. I, I didn't even notice. And one day I was just checking, like how is the situation with the tokens and stuff. And it was already converted to add, eat. And I, I could only withdraw it from that. Like you don't have a say as a holder once the wallet is sold. So you can't so simply that, say uh, that I'm gonna hold my punks forever. Like there's no such thing. If the wallet is sold, you're done. Gotcha. I, I wanted to ask a question. Also, just comments on the board ape monkeys made me laugh for some reason. Never heard them being referred to as that. Um, so if, for argument's sake, uh, there's some sort of vote within the punks ecosystem, or someone does thing on snapshot somehow and people approve to like sell the vault, we don't get any other say other than that vote, and it'll just be automatically converted to, to ETH, and the, that token will no longer exist. Is that correct? That's, yeah, that's correct. And like you are, as a single comic staker, you are nothing. When there's a vote, you are basically nothing. What will matter is Pixel Vault, what will matter is Founders DAO, what will matter is probably like Dingaling or something, you know? Big holders, because the those votes are reaching quorum quite easily once the whales vote in, and the punks distribution, like as I remember, there are like twenty five percent somewhere, twenty five percent somewhere else. And we, as individual holders, are holding uh, the fractions of fifty percent of the entire token. So even if we wanted to come together all together, we actually don't have a say on that. So the the whales and the DAOs decide. Yeah, I'm not for sure that, that that makes a lot of sense. Also very interesting. And I've also, you actually just made me think about, I mean, there, there's been people that have sort of rumored in the past and, and speculated on the founders die itself sort of dissolving. I wonder what would happen in that sort of case where, where does that 25% go if the entire sort of DAO gets um, I, I, I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a Cayman Island Foundation. If it's dissolved, then all the assets are given to charities. So let's not vote to dissolve the uh, <laughs> the founders down. Damn, it's good oh to have a lawyer God. on the team. It is good to <laughs> but... have a lawyer on the team. Wow. I mean, there could be distributions prior to the dissolution. You know, that's that's a possibility. But yeah, you don't go straight to uh, to dissolution. How yeah. did the eight DAO do that then, Jed? I don't know. Because <laughs> like that one dissolved, basically they sold everything and they they redistributed the eat. What was it? A Cayman Island Foundation company or? I have no fucking idea. I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> I say so. ZK should know that though, because he was one of the actors in that thing. But there's no reason why Founders DAO can't do, for example, distributions of GG to 
you know, token holders. Um, I, there are le certain legal um, checks you need to do. For example, running uh, holders through a system that basically checks if you're um, a sanctioned entity um, under Cayman law. But if you go through those checks, I mean, there's no reason why those distributions can't happen. I'll say it again. Damn, it's good to have a lawyer on the scene. <laughs> no, but that, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I'm probably on, on the side of not wanting to, to shut down, at least not yet. I, I don't have no idea what sort of allocations we'd be looking at. But I mean, I've just always enjoyed the sort of company ideas back in the bull market obviously the alpha who knows if, if that returns once the market starts to pick up again we've got a, a lot of experience and intelligent people in here so yeah would would be sad to see that all sort of just get removed i mean obviously we would always have the, the pixel channel but um in the same breath people might argue that the found star channel used to be unique because of the, the discord and ever since the sort of slowdown or, or what's it called timeout whatever it is um you're not really able to use that journal chat and everyone's forced to speak in pixel vault anyways so i mean there's arguments on both sides um we'll have to to see how it plays out and i guess like jed alluded to a bit earlier um joe and benny have been been working behind the scenes so let's see what they have to say i still uh I, it was the fastest proposal voted down in founders DAO history but I still, uh, I still advocate for liquidating the entire Founders DAO vault, uh, taking a portion of it and making it for a social club, and then splitting the rest and just distributing it to um, equally among all the Founders DAO holders. I still think that would be the way to go. We'd have something to build together, and then we would all get a little something, and, and it wouldn't be such a, a mess. I actually rem remember that proposal, CD. Was that, that the Founders DAO rage quit or something along those lines? That was exactly, and I was amazed by how many people, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a boomer, okay, but I was amazed by how many boomers were in the Founders DAO that were like, rage quit, why should we, why should we allow people to angrily quit? No, I was like, you've never heard of rage quit? Have you never been on a video game? Like, I don't know, it was weird how people didn't know what rage quit was. Yeah, man, like, like I just had a good time, or I, I found it entertaining seeing some of the comments going back and forth there. Um, like I said, I, I think that that's the sort of beauty and difficulty of something like a DAO, right? You have so many unique individuals with so many different unique perspectives, so many unique situations. Some people might need it more than others, or others are just wanting to, to let it ride for, for the long term. Um, so th there'll never be a, a sort of perfect outcome. But at the end of the day, majority gets the, the say. So whatever does get proposed, it will be sort of dictated like like it was with your proposal by what majority you want to do. Okay, I have to that just interrupt. I, I have to interrupt Iggy. That is one fire PFP. Where'd you get that? Oh my God, look at that thing. Is that a Juicy Jam original? <laughs> yeah, I may have seen that before. <laughs> Um, yeah, but for those listeners, that's his profile picture is one of those sort of custom PFPs that we we promised with him at the Moon Olympics. Um, so he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do for for PFP. Um, and then I'm actually forgetting that the term of that suit. Let me have a look if I can find it quickly. Uh, EOD. That was it. The EOD version of a Moonling. Um, so. Never heard of EOD before, to be honest with you. Went and did some research. Turns out it's some sort of like, I don't know, getting ready for the Armageddon suit and the end of the world. Um, so, yeah, just try to figure out how, how that would look in on a little moonling. Um, and then, yeah, I got his, got his name and the little EOD badge. And there we have it. Uh, Juicy, your your description cracks me up because I was a Marine, right? And so uh, the EOD guys live downstairs from us. It's explosive ordnance disposal. So kind of, yeah, that is like getting ready for Armageddon at the end of the world. I guess if you're not a military guy, getting rid of explosives, that's what, exactly what it is. 
I'll probably just embarrass the, the crap out of myself for that one, but <laughs> not not at anyway. all. Nothing to be embarrassed about there. It's it was funny, but it, nothing to be embarrassed about. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I had a lot of fun drawing it, and um, yeah, the some of the other PFPs just for interest's sake that came out of the the winners. There was a little dogling. Um, I actually posted it at some point, just so everyone can see if anyone's interested. There was a little um, golden retriever that I, I tried converting to a, a moonling. Um, and then the other one was for Allo Chewy, and he wanted his little moonling holding a founder's dark crystal. So, yeah, those those are the three custom PFPs. Like I said, I'll probably post them maybe a little bit later, just for anyone that's interested. Juicy Jama doesn't miss. Appreciate you, Sini. Well, you guys, this has been the Moonlings Inhabitants Battle Plan Space. If you're just joining us now, we're right at the end of the space, so we're going to be logging off here. But don't worry. Next week, we're going to be doing the Inhabitants, or not the Inhabitants. Well, what the hell? Inhabitants, you're welcome to. We're going to be doing the Moonlings Town Hall, and all Inhabitants are welcome to the Moonlings Town Hall as well. And we'll probably talk about a little bit of Alpha. We'll talk about um, what's coming up, what where we've been, where we're going, what we're going to do next. and uh, we can't help ourselves. We'll probably talk about battle plan there too, but make sure you come join us next week this time because we will have a juicy Jama original po app for you guys to claim. And it's going to be awesome, but that's all I it's got. It's a fire po app. It is a fire po app. I, it cracks me every time I see it. I would join just for <laughs> a po app. But yeah, just also wanted to shout out everyone that, that joined and listened today. I appreciate you. 6209. See you. Okay. See you. Gandalf, Big German, Paradave, appreciate you all.